this is Nehaya and you are listening to Unraveling History. Here we are going to talk about everything from the historical epics like the Hindu Ramayana and Mahabharata to colonization and dictatorships to freedom struggles and what came after that. But before we begin, let me put out a disclaimer. I am no historian and everything that you listen here is something I have read, researched and understood. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Be the change that you wish to see in the world. Words of the Mahatma whose today marks the 151st birth anniversary. Born on the 2nd October 1869, a shy man later grew up to be a Maha, great, Atma, soul, a great soul, or as we all call him, a Mahatma. Now, according to many authors, Rabindranath Tagore used Mahatma title for Gandhi on March 6, 1915. But many claim that he was called Mahatma by the residents of Gurukul, Kangri, in April 1915. Whereas a very well-known Gandhian, Narayan Desai's work, claims that Gandhi was first referred to as Mahatma in an anonymous letter by a journalist when he was still in South Africa. However, the High Court of Gujarat has declared that Rabindranath Tagore gave the title of Mahatma to Gandhi. Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi or Mahatma Gandhi was born in the princely state of Porbandar, what is now a city in Gujarat. His father, Karamchand Gandhi, was a Diwan, that is the chief minister there, and his mother, Putlibai was his father's fourth wife. He grew up in a Lord Vishnu worshipping family with a strong tinge of gender. He attended a primary school there where he learned to write alphabets in the dust using his fingers. He later completed his schooling in Rajput, another princely state, after his father became a Divan there. He was an average student who occasionally won prizes and scholarships at the local schools. If left to him, Gandhi would have chosen to become a doctor. But following his parents' wishes, and when an opportunity was offered to Gandhi to study at the University of London, Gandhi accepted the offer. His mother and his wife, however, were a little reluctant to expose Gandhi to the temptations of the distant land. His brother, however, who was already a lawyer, cheered for them and offered support. To persuade his mother and wife, Gandhi made a vow to abstain from meat, alcohol and women and on 10th of August 1888, Gandhi left for London. He then joined the Inner Temple, which is one of the four London Law Colleges. In London, he became an executive member of the London Vegetarian Society. And it was during this period that he was introduced to the Bible and more importantly, the Bhagavad Gita. In the year 1891, Gandhi was called to war and then left London for India. Painful surprises awaited him there. He learned that his mother had passed away in his absence and that the family kept the news from him. His legal career too had started becoming too crowded and he found it difficult to find his way through his shyness to establish a career. The very first brief he argued in a court of Bombay was not successful because he was unable to cross-examine the witness. After being turned down, even for a part-time job of a teacher in Bombay, 
Gandhi returned to Rajput to try and make a decent living by drafting petitions and litigants. But even this option closed for him after he incurred the displeasure of a local British officer. Later in the year 1893, a merchant named Dada Abdullah contacted Gandhi with an offer. Abdullah owned a business in South Africa and his cousin there was looking for a lawyer. Gandhi accepted this offer and in the April of the same year, set sail for South Africa to be a lawyer for Abdullah's cousin. It was here in South Africa that Gandhi developed his political views and ethics. Soon after his arrival in South Africa, Gandhi faced the discrimination on the basis of race that prevailed in South Africa. He was asked by the magistrate to remove his turban in the court of Durban, which he refused to do. But this was not the only place where he faced discrimination. He was not allowed to sit with European passengers in a coach and was asked to sit on floor, kicked when refused to do so. He was not allowed to walk on footpaths and once was kicked by a police officer out of the footpath onto the street. He was not allowed to travel from first class and when refused to leave was thrown out of the train. This incident left Gandhi thinking whether he should leave and go back to India or protest for his rights. He decided to protest and the next day he was allowed to board the train. What was new for Gandhi was not his experience, but his reactions. He then learned more and more about the conditions of his fellow South Asians in South Africa and kept trying to educate them about their rights and duties. So the Abdullah case that had brought Gandhi to South Africa was concluded and Gandhi prepared for his return to India. A group of Indian community organized a farewell party for him. But more than the farewell, there was something else that caught Gandhi's attention. It was the natal mercury and newspaper that grabbed his attention. He saw that the natal legislative assembly was considering a bill to deprive Indians the right to vote. He then extended his stay in South Africa and decided to help his fellow Indians in opposing this bill. He proposed to the British colonial secretary to reconsider the bill. Unfortunately, Gandhi was not able to hold the bill. However, he was successful in drawing international attention towards the problems that were faced by Indians in South Africa. He then in the year 1894 founded the Native Indian Congress and became the secretary. And at the outbreak of the World War, Gandhi raised an all-Indian ambulance corps of 1,100 volunteers to support the British force. He argued that if they expected to have full rights as a British citizen, then they need to shoulder their responsibilities. The British victory in the war brought little relief to the Indians in South Africa, but he soon realized that with an exception of a few Christian missionaries and young idealists, the situation had not changed much. In 1906, the transfer government published a new act comparing registration for the colony Indian and Chinese populations. And for the first time, Gandhi organized a mass civil disobedience movement called Satyagraha. Gandhi urged the Indians to openly refuse to obey the new law and to suffer all the penalties resulting for the defiance. The struggle lasted over seven years. 
and had its ups and downs. But under Gandhi's leadership, the Indians kept resisting. After years of protest in 1913, the government imprisoned hundreds of Indians, including Gandhi. These were terrible years for India. But it also bought bad advertisement for South African government. And under this pressure, the South African government accepted a compromise negotiated by Gandhi and the South African statesman General John Christian Smuts. South Africa not only promoted Gandhi to evolve a new technique of Satyagraha, but also transformed him into a leader of men. Later, in the 1915, on the request of Gopal Krishna Gokhale, Gandhi made a decision to return to India and later joined the Indian National Congress. Gandhi's contribution to the freedom struggle of India is inspiring and rightfully earned him the title Father of the Nation. Well, each episode of Gandhi's journey deserves an individual podcast episode. So you make sure to follow Unraveling History on your favorite podcasting app so you never miss out on any episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time.